and we back. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. To our sweet success. We've lost the way. To our happiness. This is Craig Smith, the Rhino, former NBA player and BC legend. Losing the ball. Smith has it. Hudson, fast pass to Craig Smith, puts it down. Who's afraid of that big bad wolf? I want to shout out to the halftime basketball community from E. Devendorf, former Syracuse basketball player. Metal World Peace Pipe, what's going down? It's the big baller, baby. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to the halftime community from the big baller himself. And just like that, we back. And hopefully we got some loyal listeners in the chat. And by the chat, I mean listening on your own device. Because we're not on Twitch. Uh, we're not on YouTube gaming. And we're definitely not on Mixer. Even I wouldn't subject myself to that filth. So we back. The Halftime Community Podcast. Um, coming out with episodes every now and then. When I feel like it. Okay? Because we don't have ads. We don't have any of that stuff. It's just pure basketball, pure football. I'm mixing in some football knowledge here this week. Um, so first, things first. Full disclosure here, right off the top, um, I am recording this episode right before the kickoff of the Tax Slayer, Bad Boy Mowers, Barstool Sports, Dodge Ram, Ram Ranch, Cheez-It, Capital One, All-State National Championship game presented by Dr. Pepper 10. It's for men. Um, so I'm not going to be talking any college football, the SEC championship redo. We all kind of know it is what it is in college sports right now, kind of in shambles. We'll see how that all turns out. Talk about that, I'm sure, on another episode. Um, but let's get into it. You know, I'm back at it like a semi-recovering crack addict. And I've cooked up something special for the audience this week. It might be a quick one. Not going to be too long for you guys. So it's going to be a good listen, though. Promise it's going to be a banger. First up, uh, full disclosure, I recently wrapped up my first season as a full-fledged head basketball coach. Uh, it was for my six-year-old son's basketball team, so haven't hit the big time yet, but I'm sure I'm working my way there. I will admit it was a bit of a rocky season for the Scorpions, and as the head coach, I, I have some answers. You know, the media convened on me the post game like a pack of wild dogs, and I was the fresh meat. But let's be honest, I do owe the sports media landscape some answers. Um, so my post game press conference, let's listen in on some of that. Insert transition sound. Coach, now that we've reached the end of the season, how do you assess the performance of your team? You know, I've got to say, despite our win-loss record, uh, this team, they really went out there and they showed some heart. At the end of the day, we might have scored the least amount of points in the league, but we also gave up the most points. Uh, that's something we can really hang our hats on and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Hey, uh, Coach, tough season for you guys, no doubt. Uh, what factors played into the breakdown there for you guys, eh? Always good to hear from the Minnesota um, journalist as they travel all the way down here for no reason for a six-year-old basketball league, but hey, here we are. So at the end of the day, you know, I told my team I'm gonna give them all I have to give and I expect the same in return. Uh, when I get down on one knee, I take that seriously. 
and when you've got anywhere from four to six kindergartners, depending on the holiday schedule and what's going on in their daily lives, looking back at you, it's really just impossible not to get fired up and to do the best you can for them. Um, did I throw one too many chairs during the season, like a knockoff Bobby Knight? Sure. I mean, there's no excuses. It's on me. I'm not in the excuse-making business. I'm in the results business. And just a quick follow-up to that, Coach. Uh, where do you go from here? Uh, what's the next step for this team and this organization? It's pretty simple to me. It's straightforward. As the figurehead of the Scorpions organization, uh, I really got to take a look in the mirror and go back to work. That's all you can do in these tough times. We aren't building some clown show, fly-by-night organization. Um, needless to say, I'll be sleeping in the video room this offseason. Hashtag the grind. On a positive side, our players went out there and gave it their all. One positive we can definitely take away from the season is that our players are much less scared of the ball um, than they were in the first week. Hey, uh, boo -boo. I mean, coach, have you had any conversations with ownership regarding the status of your contract going into next season? Uh, do you expect to be back? It's a great question. Uh, I really feel like we're on solid footing, myself and ownership. I was even offered a bonus incentive to coach next season. $20 off the next league I sign up my son for, so no big deal. If that isn't a sign of positive momentum, I, I really don't know what is. Really gives me a good feeling. I'm ready to put my head down and go to work, grinding the film, watching every play from every angle and seeing how we can get better in the offseason. Definitely a lot of conditioning this offseason, both mentally and physically for these kids, so uh, we got to get ready for that. We got to get prepared. Insert. Non-awkward transition sound. Boy, I, 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 I. Boy, high-pitched and a flag. And a flag. Did his voice crack? So there it was for you guys. You know, the post-game presser after the last game of the season. Definitely a challenging season, um, but I think we got some good momentum and we're moving forward um, with the Scorpions organization into the next season. And I expect better results next season. Put that on my shoulders. I'm big enough to handle it. I'm a man. I'm not 40. Uh, shout out Mike Gundy, but I am a man and I can handle that. So let's move over to something else. I'm going to talk a little bit of analytics here. You know, we've all heard of analytics. It's been a really hot topic of conversation. As a new generation of coaches, they begin to embrace analytics. They're taking more chances than ever when it comes to fourth down. Uh, we saw that last night in the Chargers versus Raiders. Instant classic game. Brandon Staley going for it on fourth down no matter what happens and going for two at a higher rate than ever before. Not just Brandon Staley, but a lot of coaches in the football landscape. I have to admit, though, some of these advanced stats and analytics go above my head, and sometimes you just got to go with your gut, a la Bill Parcells, FUPA style. Sidebar, Bill Parcells, easily top three front gut of all time. Um, for those in the same boat as me, though, I've carefully curated a series of analytics and will officially put the a-hole in analytics. A little something for the old heads, a little something for the Zoomers. Balance it out with the fact that obviously, if you had gone for one and scored, you might have won the game. It, it, can you talk as a coach how you balance that? I know yeah, it's just not a, easy. for sure, for sure. It's a great question, and and, and I, I, I love the answer. It, it's it's just it's life in the NFL, when in decision making like that. And I think that from where my mindset is, is that I know that the quickest way 
to win a game like that is to score touchdowns, not field goals, especially considering who's on the other side. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get right into it. Uh, first up, we have the IT department. And you ask yourself, IT department, nerds, right? What does that have to do with football? This is a man's game. What are my nerds doing infiltrating my football? And then I show you guys Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, ladies and gentlemen, is leading the category with the it factor. Some are calling him the silent killer. Some are calling him the serial silent killer. Um, you think of Tom Brady. He's already won an astounding seven Super Bowls. Mac Jones, he's already won a seven Super Bowls without you know, even actually going to one. Despite being a rookie, um, the way people talk about Mac Jones, you would think he's already won seven Super Bowls. But Joe Burrow, ladies and gentlemen, he has it. Never going to wow you with his measurables or arm talent. He just has it. You know it when you see it. Uh, next up, one of my favorite analytics or manalytics, if you will, it's the HITD, hand in the dirt. And this is always surprising when people see this one. Uh, it's usually a backup quarterback. And Brandon Allen, the backup quarterback from the same team as Joe Burrow, actually leads the league in HITD. He came off the bench the other week for a knee that set up the game-winning field goal for the Cincinnati Bengals. And anytime you cold come in cold off the bench and put your hands in the dirt of the center, you know, coming in cold, being able to do that, take the snap, take the knee, set up the game-winning field goal, that's not easy to do, and you got to respect it. So Brandon Allen, not a surprise to me at all. You are leading the league in HITD. Next up, the FBGI. This one's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. It is the Football Guy Index. Uh, this one really easy to predict. I'm sure a lot of you in the crowd are already saying this on your radio or yelling at your phone. It's Dan the Man Campbell. He's been the leader in this category from before the season to the end of the season. Um, although I can confirm no kneecaps were bitten off during the season, it feels like there probably should have been if you've been watching Lions football. Dan Campbell, the Lions wrecking crew, they capped off the season with a victory against the Green Bay Packers and having Tom Kennedy, um, who's a little slot receiver, the West Welker, Danny Amendola mold, if you know what I mean. He actually scored his first NFL touchdown, um, not as a receiver though. He actually scored on a trick play, throwing the ball. Uh, he looks like he moonlights as a busboy at your favorite local eatery. And that's a real exclamation point. Anytime you can get Tom Kennedy involved and cap off the greatest 3-13-1 season of all time, you have to do it. So Dan the Man Campbell, congratulations, Football Guy Index leader. Man, these manalytics are really spicing up here. Next up, we have T-Rex. And if you follow the NBA and NBA Advanced Analytics at all, you've probably heard of Raptor. Probably don't know what it means, but it sounds cool, and that's why we use it. So Raptor, and then the NFL, we now have T-Rex. Leader in this category is none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Judge Judy. Running a QB sneak multiple times within your tent, own 10-yard line in a meaningless game is the most asinine, therefore the most antiquated T-Rex move of all time, taking it back to the prehistoric days there. He's single-handedly trying to set back football 60-plus years, and guess what? It's working. Sources close to the situation tell me Judge has been sniffing around the grave of Jim Thorpe to dig up his carcass and reincarnate him as the greatest three-way player ever. Three phases to the game, boys. You've got offense, you've got defense, you've got special teams. Jim Thorpe can do it all. He'd be a great fit for the New York football giants. 
I'm happy to announce here exclusively, Joe Judge will be returning as the Giants head honcho next season. I would expect nothing less than fullback dives and a lot of conceding defeat in the near future. Big culture guy, building the Giants culture of yesteryear. Congratulations, Joe Judge. Last, but certainly not least, it is one of my favorites, the JFB. And you're asking yourself, what does JFB stand for? Please inform me. Let me teach you something today. It's one of my all-time favorites. It is the Joe Flacco mother effing barometer. Real ones already know what the Joe Flacco barometer measures. Answers that age-old question, are you elite or are you not? And by answers to question, I just mean leaves you with more questions. This season's leader in the JFB comes to us from the Sunshine State, which is of course Texas. It is Dak Prescott from the Dallas Cowboys. Congratulations, Dak. Dak bounces between being a bum and being a top five quarterback of all time on a regular basis. Just depends on what um, game you're going to be watching Dak on. And Twitter definitely blows up every time Dak misses a throw. So congratulations. It just makes sense. Dak Prescott leading the league in JFB. NFL Hall of Fame, let's talk about that. It's famous for bestowing the illustrious gold jacket for those that have earned the title of Hall of Famer, but lesser known is the doo-doo stained brown tinted jacket that Joe Flacco passes on to the leader in JFB every single season. So congrats, Deck Prescott. Here's your doo-doo stained jacket. You're gonna hate it. Cue the Fast and Furious montage. Uh, we've made it to the e end of the episode, my friends. I thank every single one of you, each and every one of you, for downloading, subscribing, reviewing, and then unsubscribing, resubscribing, downloading, reviewing, over and over again until you get Carpal Tunnel, because I know that's how loyal you guys are. And I appreciate each and every one of you. Um, as I leave this episode, I just want to thank you guys again. Remember that Bill Russell played against Milkmen. George Mikan played with straps on his socks. And that's all I really got for you guys. I will see you guys on the next episode.